Welcome to the Warning Track Power Hour. I'm Andrew Scaff. He's Mike Werman. Today we'll finish off our discussion of the Kansas City Royals weird, awful season. Uh, very briefly, I guess, between talking about uh, next week and uh, this last week's um, NFL action. Uh, week four just wrapped up um, in the NFL. There were some pretty bad blowouts it's been just a bizarro season really so far what did you enjoy more from this last week mike the blowout games the kind of maybe teams sort of actually showing up and looking to be okay like like the texans are looking pretty decent uh or just the weird um you know slide at the end to screw over betters uh did that was that something that you found interesting from this last week? I found, yeah, I found that whole the Chiefs. Well, you know, I'll, I will always find the Chiefs game probably one of the most interesting games simply because I'm a Chiefs fan. But the Chiefs Jets game was really interesting, and it wasn't really because of uh, Taylor Swift in attendance, although because she was there last week too. So like it was, this was just you yeah. know maybe there are a couple more celebrities. They had Ryan, oh Ryan Reynolds, uh, 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 Hugh Jackman, uh, and yeah, uh, Blake Lively and people like that. Where we're we're in attendance, but um, it was because the the way the Chiefs played, they played really really well for like one quarter, and then they sucked the rest of the way. Uh, Mahomes was bad three quarters of the game, uh, except when he ran. And Zach Wilson was electric during that time. Now, yeah, he was great then. And Zach Wilson turned to had a really good game, or at least middle part of the game, especially he was throwing like perfect passes. And it made made the Chiefs look bad. And this was, um, I had read uh, somewhere that um, Zach Wilson is the only quarterback to face Patrick Mahomes in uh, since Patrick Mahomes was in college. It's over 127 starts to have more uh, completions, yards, touchdowns. And fewer interceptions than Patrick Mahomes in the same game. So Mahomes has never really been thoroughly outclassed by the quarterback across uh, from him, but he was in this game, and that was by Zach Wilson, who has really been maligned in New York, and maybe was seen, seen as a kind of colossal bust. So that was interesting. Yeah, and then of course, to top it all off, there was that uh, clever, I guess. But very Andy Reid esque, very Chiefs esque, hearkening back to the uh, Super Bowl slide to avoid scoring a touchdown simply because we want to run the clock out, because that will, I guess, provide a near one hundred percent chance of victory. Because maybe there, maybe we'll have a, uh, a snap exchange or something problem, and it could be run back for a touchdown or whatever. But as opposed to the you know ninety nine percent chance of victory that you'll have. Um, if you score a touchdown or ahead by 10 points with a minute and a half left. Or even um, nine, even if they miss the extra point, it's still yeah. not, which still requires two scores. Two scores, yeah. In this case, there was what, about 90 seconds left. Yeah, and no and, timeouts. For the and the Jets had no timeouts left. So but we both bet um, in our, not on, on our uh, on-air bets, but in our, our overall competition, we both bet on the Chiefs, who were plus nine and a half. And had they scored a touchdown and extra point, it would have been plus 10, uh, 30 to 20, and we likely would have won. But uh, we, we ended up being on the wrong side of the spread, as did, I guess, how many other people? It was 
It was millions. Uh, well, well, one of the sports books said it was like 96% of their bets on the game were on the Chiefs on the spread, which was nine and a half points, I think. So I think it went even down like six, eight and a half and seven and a half. So like there was it was yeah, it was between oh, seven and a half. And a half. Yes. So, so like that would have, that was even closer, you know. So that would have been even more likely to cover, I guess. Um, but yeah, there was, was a, yeah, they left 80, 80 something million dollars, or at least at least that that's was, what the that's what the estimate is because I don't think they I don't actually report these numbers, right? This is the combined sports books. Yeah, so they made about eighty million dollars. The slide costing slide. spread better. Numbers. Yeah, so they made the eighty million. Uh, and so, like, maybe Mahomes is in cahoots with uh, Caesars. Is that, is that uh, from Mahomes and Reed? Because they had they, yeah. he would have just done that on his own, right? I mean, they obviously Reed loves that. That's his favorite thing. But he sometimes he gets a little too cute and tries to thread the needle. And like, they're not trying to score, and then because they're not trying to score, they can't get enough first downs to continue the clock. Uh, this time it worked because they had Mahomes. But um, are you concerned about? Mahomes, do you think he was still hurt? hurt you know, maybe his foot was hurting from uh, last week. You know, he he threw he underthrew a couple of interceptions. Uh, um, I don't. Th- I still don't think I'm terribly concerned about Mahomes. He still had quite a few really nice passes during the game that were. You know, he looked pretty fine until those couple quarters that he didn't do so great. Uh, and I think, you know, his offensive line is still holding up. So he's not like running for his life back there. I believe he's the least sacked quarterback in the league. So he's at times has forever to throw the ball too, which is a nice change over a few years ago. Uh, yeah. So I think some of these things like it's just, um, you know, his connection with some of the receivers just hasn't come along quite all the way yet. And it seems like that's something that tends to develop over the course of the season. I'm still not worried about it. Mahomes still seems accurate for the most part. Those interceptions were on kind of like floating type passes that, you know, sometimes work if the defender isn't paying attention. <laughs> but uh, they were in those cases and did get those interceptions. So. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not too worried about Mahomes. Anyway, but, I'm not too worried about Mahomes. I am more worried about the Chiefs' offense and maybe the wide receiver talent, maybe than you are, because, like you said, Mahomes also often has a lot of time to throw. But a lot of the times when he has a lot of time to throw, there's still nobody open after four or five seconds. And yeah, and is it that they don't know how to scramble and and kind of uh, get open like Mahomes does and and kind of break off their routes? Is it that they can't get separation? Is it that Matt Nagy and Andy Reid do not call good passing plays. Like, you know, uh, uh, if we switch to a switch games for a second to talk about the um, the 49ers Cardinals game, Brock Purdy, I don't think needed to, th- to throw anything into a tight window all day. It was like, it was fairly easy completions. He was 20 of 21 or something like that. The only incompletion he had was a Hail Mary at the end of the first half. So like, why can't the Chiefs get open like that or draw plays that, you know, I, I don't know if it's the receivers who aren't good or if it's a, a Nagy, like maybe Nagy and Reed's system has become pr- predictable or if it's maybe just a a fluke or sort of thing. I don't, I don't know. What, you, what, do you, what do you think? Well, I think, I mean, a lot of the passing deficiency like that we've seen up until – this most recent game anyway, I think you can at least partly relate to how well the 
running game had been going, which was not very well until week four, uh, where Pacheco looked really good with the ball and Edwards Alaire even had a couple of nice runs and Mahomes had, you know, plenty of space when he decided to take off. He had, you know, first down, I think almost every time he ran, I think. Yeah. The Jets have a good um, secondary, so maybe they were just glue on the um, Chiefs receivers. Yeah. But I do think the Chiefs receivers are not. Maybe broken. they're just. I, I still think a lot of it is just the connection. Yeah, once the play is broken down, Mahomes and the receivers are not necessarily on the same page as to where the other is going to be. Yeah, he and Kelsey have that connection where they, yeah, you know, developed it over seven years now of doing this. So, but you might say though, why do plays have to break down? Like, why can't they just have rhythm? passes and be open at like you know on a slant or on a you know curl route or something that, that, that's easy it mm-hmm. seems like all passes Mahomes has to make are like in these tight windows where you know like Tua or um Brock Purdy or you know just to say a couple quarterbacks that have that Shanahan offensive system it seems like their players are open most of the time I guess maybe last mm-hmm. week um in Buffalo uh, Miami didn't quite have that maybe before we talk about the, those those games, um, the Chicago Bears have uh, are thinking of or are basically shopping uh, Chase Claypool and maybe he will uh, actually be released if he doesn't get uh, there, there's no trade partner for the Bears. Do you think the Chiefs should take a look at Chase Claypool? I, I mean, if he's outright released, then absolutely it'd be essentially like a league minimum player i think for contract wise and they may actually be able to afford that uh with their relatively small cap space remaining yeah, five and a half million is what we just we just we saw yeah. earlier today. And I, I know they tend to want to save a little of that at least for you know when it gets closer to the playoffs and maybe they can sign somebody at the last second that may help them yeah. late um but um you know if, they can, if he's released and and they can find you know decide they have enough cap space that they can, you know, save enough for the end of the year, then absolutely they should go after that. Why not? Yeah, I think, yeah. Um, or there's also this idea, well, maybe it's the wrong players playing most of the snaps. It's been mostly Valdez Scantling and Sky Moore out there. Maybe we should put, you know, when Tony, I guess, was out there a lot, he had a really bad game, but maybe he should play more or maybe Justin Ross should play more. Cause like, Skymore didn't have any catches last night, even though he's like on the field for every play. It seems zero like. catches for the game. Is that right? I think he had zero. I think he had two. Yeah, two targets, no catches. Yeah, two runs. I think for like fifteen yards or twelve yards, something like that, and no catches. Yeah, Tony had two catches. Is all. And he, but he was only on the field every once in a while. He was not yeah. on there. Like he, they. They're using him more like Hardman, it seems like, last year. Like, they don't have him on the field as much. I think in the first game they did a lot, and then he was, like, spectacularly awful. So maybe that's why. But that seems to be more because he was coming off an injury and was not quite ready yet. But it seems like he had a really big catch um, from Mahomes in this game when he made that kind of diving catch, and he knew he was going to basically get – uh, smashed into and still made the catch and actually wasn't hurt either, which was a kind of remarkable yeah. thing for, for Tony. Um, but yeah, I think the I think the Chase Claypool is a good idea. The the, the Bears had wanted a fifth round draft pick. 
but um, they weren't getting it. So maybe even if the Chiefs had to do like a sixth round or a seventh round pick, yeah. I think that would be okay for Claypool because he was a high pick and traded for a high pick just last year. So I don't. Maybe he just needs a a change of change of scenery. I don't know. Or at least a more accurate quarterback. Well, Justin looked pretty accurate last uh, last week. He his numbers were Mahomes esque, except he had a couple of he had that fumble that led to a a scoop and score from the from the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Uh, were you surprised? Interception. Were you too. surprised that the Broncos won that game? I mean, at the end of the half, it looked like yeah, um, Chicago was up what twenty one seven. I think at one point it might have even been twenty-eight to seven. Yeah. Well, at the end of the half, it was twenty-one-seven anyway. And then, yeah, the first score of the second half was the was the Bears. So yeah, it was it did get up to twenty-eight-seven. So what was the difference in that game? Was it uh, was it sleeve related? Was that what the issue was? Ooh, yeah. Uh, Sean Payton apparently had a hooded sweatshirt on, and I guess at halftime or sometime when he was behind. He cut the sleeves off and looked sort of Bill Belichickian uh, out there and, and had the cutoff sweatshirt. And apparently, apparently that rally sweatshirt helped rally the Bears to victory. Or was it maybe just because he got hot and he didn't want the full sweatshirt? Could be. Well, that because was left have around have, when that happened, though, wasn't that? Because you have to have a logo apparel on. So, like, maybe he just had a plain T-shirt or, or something that wasn't Bears-related on under. Mm. and. Maybe that's why he had to cut it. Maybe it was out of necessity. I don't know. Uh, I just saw I that, that image anyway. That was all I'd seen of the. Uh... Yeah, I'm looking it up right now and seeing if there was a um, an article, an explanation as to why why it happened. Yeah. yeah. Um. And does it say win? Win says maybe it was the pressure of the Broncos pursuing the first one of the season, or maybe it was the warm early fall weather. Sleeves off with a with scissors during it was too hot. And he didn't have probably a regulation shirt underneath, and that's my that's my uh, theory. Um, that must be it. So, but it turned out to be a good rallying thing. So, do you think do you think Peyton is going to wear short sleeves from now on? Andy Reid always wears short sleeves. He yeah. always wears a billowy uh, fat guy shirt uh, <laughs> that I looked for everywhere online last year, and still. <laughs> They only have like small and medium sizes available. Oh. <laughs> They're all of the, like all of the XL, three XL are, are are gone. So I think it's a popular shirt among us uh, fat guys. And but I, <laughs> but, but I was told I uh, was a game with a friend, and he said, "Well, maybe Andy Reid's only like a medium in that type of shirt because those are all made for fat guys. So maybe the small would, would be the one that actually uh, maybe they go reverse sizing." In that side, in that type, you know, of you know that shirt I'm talking about, the kind of quarter zip Andy Reid kind of, yeah, yeah. The, um, you know, the sort of athletic kind of fabric, and, and oh. it's like a, it's like a wind, like a windbreaker shirt type, of right? It's not a polo thing. though, 
It's a no. It's it's, yeah. it's got a, a rounded collar. I think it has a like a quarter zip to it. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Hmm. Let's see what it's called. It's uh. Um, And I've seen it, or I can't remember what the what the name of it is. Yeah, it's a Nike. Um, it's got that kind of also kind of has that vent in the back, as if you're really working out. Oh, hard. Yeah. It's uh, Nike Red Sideline Coaches Chevron Lock Up Pullover Top. It needs yeah. it needs some extra names in there though. I think there's there's yeah. at least a few other names. Fifty two forty nine on NFL.com, but it's only available in medium. So, hmm. which is incidentally the same size as the number one dad shirt on Seinfeld when Jerry gave his uh, his father a shirt that was too tight. Number one dad, nice. or or you dug it? You remember that? Do you remember that one? It was the Mandelbaum. It was the first man. It was the Mandelbaum episode. Yes, <laughs> great. When he was, you think you're the number one dad, <laughs> and then he uh, tried to lift up that. Uh, Wait, and he hurt his back, and then all the and his his equally elderly son and father also came in and hurt their backs, and were in the same boat. They were in the same hospital room because that was when Seinfeld was getting a little bit more and more cartoonish, which yes. I really enjoyed. Um, but yeah, that was oh he had a he had a world's greatest dad. He says that's better than number one. Would you agree? World's greatest is better than number one, or are they just different ways of saying the same thing? I'm pretty sure they're the same thing. <laughs> well, maybe number one right? might say, well, number one where? It might just be number one in the state or number yeah. one in the country. It's not world's greatest. Or just greatest. in this household. I think world's greatest um, is more specific and uh, and so and it's more it's more universal that you know you you would know exactly what it is you're the best at it. i usually say well what world are we talking about but you know we, we would assume planet earth and number one yeah it, it could be number one in a lot of places it doesn't say number one on earth so ah. i guess world's greatest i would say it doesn't necessarily beat number one but it could beat number one i don't see how w number one could beat world's greatest unless you're talking about universe but that's a little less likely i think but if it's not specified then you're just supposed to assume that it's the largest possible thing <laughs> if it's your shirt so the world's greatest is limiting but it also doesn't yeah. say which world it could be any planet. yeah no it's not this one you know whatever so so they both have infinite possibilities you're saying yeah and, and they're equally and one, and one and one can't be greater than the other because what because it would be an error for infinity is not greater than infinity no i think so yeah or is it both greater and less than infinity yes <laughs> we're getting pretty pretty deep into the uh philosophy of these well that's what andy reed's shirt uh brings out to me this uh there it is these coaches shirts i'm looking at the chief's site yeah it's all you only oh i can get it for 40 899 plus 25 percent off my purchase no it's just 25 percent. they have it in small and medium on the chief's oh. shop and that's a red and white one i kind of wanted the red and yellow one or just the red one but um yeah it's so demanding here mike there's like, nothing there's nothing yeah it's got that kind of stand-up priest kind of collar almost no. uh yeah the zipper but there's no 
like yeah it's only small and medium because i think and i don't know why they just, they just keep making this shit because it, it must it seems like it's very popular among larger maybe, people maybe andy reed buys them out as soon as they he's got like a, a weight not, but he wouldn't buy them in every size right i guess his staff might because they yeah. would probably be able maybe, to yeah maybe size. he buys the has them bought for his for all of his staff and so they can all what look. size do you think andy reed would wear would it, would it be <laughs> would it be three x at least uh, at least a two anyway right it's got to be yeah i wear two x sometimes um like comfortably or yeah very, yeah very baggy I think it depends it depends because my, my neck is big so sometimes i like if it's like a sure i would wear two x my, my i have long arms and a big neck so um and a long torso so i i, I sometimes will wear the double x um or like sweatshirts and stuff too, because you don't want that to be too tight on you. Yeah, not nothing snug. Yeah, so I, I like I like the two X on some of those things. Sometimes t shirts too, because sometimes one X there's a little bit, you know, you can't hmm. quite for me anyway. That's because I work out so much, uh, or I eat eat uh, enough for. So I would say because so I'm not nearly as big as Andy Reid, so I would say he's at least three X, because or yeah. And you'll find out later, he'll have talked about it somewhere, and he wears a medium. But like, did you know that in women's sizes, if you say 1X or XL, those are different. Hmm. So, like, it would, be, it would be women would be small, medium, large, extra large. But then it goes 1X, 2X, 3X, rather than... And so for, um, I think in men's stuff, 1X equals XL, 2X yeah. equals... XL, equals XXL. Which goes like X, XL, 2XL, 3XL. Yeah. Right. So for women, but women that have an extra one. But mm. Um, mm. I, yes, but I think Andy would wear a 3X at least. Because they seem a little over. Busy. If the over under was 2.5X. I would take the over yeah. simply because they also look a little bit billowy on, on Andy. So they're not tight on him. I don't think usually. So but maybe <laughs> they run, maybe they run big, like, 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 uh, you know, maybe, maybe like uh, Dr. Gerald Simon, my friend, uh, chemistry teacher, chemistry, chemistry professor said that maybe Andy Reid only wears a medium and everybody else wears uh small. So maybe we should just order the small on, mm. So it looks like it looks a little bit like you. You have a you have is yours a, a full zip right there that you're wearing? No. Or is it or is it just a quarter? Yeah, just a quarter. Oh, Columbia fancy. Um, it's up. It's up. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's it's up. It's 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 a, it's a good quality brand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's solid shirt. But it's a Royals shirt, so it was probably they probably have many sizes and styles available of Royals clothing. Yeah. Right about. Uh, right, because no one's buying any of that stuff. <laughs> no. Yeah, I. Um, um, any any, um, any other games that we should <laughs> talk yeah. about in the uh, week four here? I want to talk more about uh, Andy Reid's sartorial decisions. Um, I think I think uh, well. Speaking of, so we had sartorial decisions. Uh, so speaking of that of that Chicago Denver game, do you think that? So were you? Did you think that Denver uh, would? Is a better team than Chicago, or is that just kind of random? And Denver's going to be a team that is 
gonna be bad all season or is this is this kind of mark a turning point i think those are two pretty bad teams and i don't know i think they're both pretty irrelevant i i think at least that's how it's gonna end up playing out um did you think other one and there was there was another there was another own three versus own three game too how about how about that one were that either of those teams like um better vikings and panthers well, I think the Vikings. What, what's are the better. best of what were the zero and three teams of those? I think the Vikings are the best of the of the four zero and three. I don't think it's that close. Um, I would going into the season, I would have said Vikings, then Broncos, then Bears, then Panthers, and I might keep it that way. But I would I would have had a lot less separation between like the Bears and the and the Broncos than the and the Vikings. They would have all been kind of together, mm-hmm. and then Carolina would be a lot lower. But um, yeah, I'm, but it's one of those things where the Vikings now have to play the Chiefs next week, which we'll talk about um, a little bit later. So, like, they have a tough game coming up. The Broncos, though, are probably more likely to possibly be two and three because they play in the Jets. And if Zach Wilson kind of turns back into a pumpkin, um, I think the Broncos have a chance there. But if Zach Wilson plays well, I think, you know, could be another loss for the boys in Denver. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of the backup quarterbacks, um, who we presumed were the number three quarterbacks in the depth charts, jumping into starting roles, and then not doing so? Well? Yeah. What did you What did you think of those decisions? Yeah, I, and then the outcome. Predictable? Think, not predictable? I think it's predictable. I guess maybe you would say, well, the Dorian uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson playing for, um. Uh, what's his name? Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the the much maligned uh, Cleveland Brown, Deshaun Watson. Watson, yes. Deshaun Watson. I couldn't think of his name. Uh, who who apparently was cleared to play medically, but didn't play. Oh, was he? Yeah, they have the Browns have a bye next week, so maybe maybe Watson just didn't. I don't know. Maybe he just didn't feel like it, or maybe I don't know what his uh, story was. But so. Um, and then Aiden O'Connell played instead of what we thought Brian Hoyer would would play, uh, replacing Jimmy Garoppolo's in concussion protocol. Mm-hmm. And I guess you would say that O'Connell, despite being sacked six times by Khalil Mack and seven times by the Chargers, had a better game than Thompson Robinson did. Uh, the uh, the Browns only scored three points, and the Bengals, I mean, and the uh, the Ravens dominated. And at least the the, the Chargers. Um, Raiders game was was pretty close at the end. Yeah, it was only a touchdown separating the two. Yeah, um, I think that maybe the biggest story from that game though is the broken finger that uh, Justin Herbert had. Did you see it? Did you see that? Oh picture no, of the I didn't see that. Yeah, you know it was like going back to Seinfeld again. Do you remember when um, Danny Tartable was in George Costanza's car and yes. he thought that guy flipped him off and he yeah. just had his like middle finger extended because there was a cast on it. Yeah. Uh, Herbert's cast looks just like that. Oh. Uh, so he could uh, give uh, Costanza a non-throwing or, hand, though. Right? Non-throwing hand. Yeah, a little bit like uh, Steve the Steve DeBerg did when we were kids. Remember when he had that giant thing, like, like that giant pin that went through his hand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he, I was like the year before, or I was year before Dave Craig, I think, or some, but maybe it was a couple years before Dave Craig, and then. The year after that was Joe Montana. It was in the Mar- it was in the height of Marty Ball era, um, Steve DeBerg. But 
Yeah, so that reminded me of, of that. So maybe that will hurt the Chargers' chances because, well, you know, you don't need it to throw, but you need it to kind of hold the ball sometimes and receive a snap and mm-hmm. things like that. Is, you know, that could be, you know, like if he's going to be sacked or something, he might not be able to hold the ball as well. Um, or they couldn't run sneaks or anything like that either. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe that could affect chart and that would help, I think and that helps the Chiefs uh within their division if quarterbacks like that are um hampered in any way. Mm-hmm. I assume that because it's a non-throwing game, they're not expecting him to miss time. Though yeah, no, he uh, apparently was like, now? he's not expected to miss time yet because he played the rest of the game. Okay. So like he's like the opposite of maybe Deshaun Watson. He played, you know, when he had a finger. So he's been a tough guy. He's been he hasn't really. I don't think Herbert's compared to the rest of the Chargers, who seem to be dropping like flies. I think Herbert has played just he played every game last year, even though he had that big kind of chest almost injury against the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. He still played. So he's a a tough a tough guy. It seems like even though he looks sort of like a pretty boy, he's a he's been a, a tough player. Uh, so, but they have the, the Chargers do have a bye next week, so okay. that will help them. As do the, as do the Browns, the Seahawks, and I can't remember what other team has a bye. But I guess we'll we'll see when we go on the schedule. Look at the schedule. But um, speaking of maybe quarter like uh, highly paid quarterbacks that are injured, what about Joe Burrow and the uh, and the Bengals? You know, they only scored three points against the Titans. They got blown out. Do you think Burrow should be shelved for the season? Or do you play him a little longer and see if he gets healthy? And, you know, maybe like if you lose probably one or two more games early on, if they go one and five, they're out of the playoffs basically because they'd have to go basically undefeated and they still play some tough teams down the road. They play. Yeah, the it seems like their schedule is not, it was pretty tough. And, and I think Burrow's. I think was the lowest rated quarterback of all the starters who have played yeah. most of the snaps at yeah, so far, which yeah. is really surprising. And I think that injury, that calf injury, they've, I mean, they've, it seems like they developed a game plan for it because I don't think he's been sacked much and he gets rid of the ball really fast, but that also means he's not throwing it downfield very far because there's receivers don't have time to do much mm-hmm. if he was only getting rid of the ball like in two and a half seconds i think is what it was something like that uh so that's gonna be really hard for them to compete especially if they're not scoring any points that's yeah not looking so good for them it looked like the maybe they playoff. kind of turned it around last week against the rams when they kind of came back and won um that game but there's this week against the Titans. maybe this is also a sign that the titans are turning things around because you know right now the AFC South I think it's all all four teams are two and two and it's hard to say who is the best team uh, this year because even Houston has been pretty good with CJ Stroud have you been impressed by by Stroud yeah I think he's uh, now I think he's into the top 10 even by for quarterbacks um, in passer rating and actually, that, that kind of the top 10 list is kind of interesting because I don't think you would have predicted most of the quarterbacks um, being where they are, at least anyway. 
Well, you would thought because Burrow's the last, and I think Mahomes is middle of the pack after he's uh, like fifteenth, so just above the midpoint, not far. But he's like and, around. Hertz is just above him, and Gardner Minshew is just below him, which is well. You would think Hertz would also probably be that top ten. So you would think Burrow, Hertz, and Mahomes especially would be up there. Yeah, um, and Trevor Lawrence is surprisingly lower too. He is like two below Mahomes, hmm. and. Yeah, they're just it's just kind of something. Garoppolo is much lower. Yeah, that's I guess, but I think probably the top. So like, I guess it's like Purdy and Tua probably are probably way up there both, and they are one two in that order, one fifteen and one fourteen. Yeah, Purdy was twenty of twenty one I think last week, and mm-hmm. um, you know he only had one inter- one incompletion. That was the hail mary at the end of the half. So. He's at 72% for the season, 72.3% for the season at percentage. Two is not far behind him at 71.3. So that's, I mean, those are really high. highly accurate. But you two worry is about field quite a lot too. So that's, you know, worry, I guess you worry about Tua's health and also Purdy's health, given the fact that he was injured in the playoff game last year the nfc championship so and they're both they're both in the kyle shanahan system which seems for some reason to get a lot of quarterbacks injured even though it might make the quarterbacks uh job easy with the way the routes are run and the way the running game works yeah but it seems like a lot of quarterbacks get hurt and so it's been a while since there's been like a full season of of smooth sailing for a shanahan or shanahan uh disciple uh, uh, year because Tua was hurt all of last year, and it seemed like, or much of last year, and they went to the third quarterback, and you know, and famously the 49ers had to get to the, their fourth quarterback, fifth quarterback in the in the NFC Championship game. So, do you think? Um, so, but Miami and San Francisco have been two of the league's best teams. Buffalo though dismantled uh, Miami. Um, do you uh, do you think that San Francisco is the team to beat in the NFC right now? And what do you think of the AFC? Who's the team to beat? Yeah, I think yeah, San Francisco. I think is far and away the the team that is that I think everyone is probably most at least concerned with if they have to face them anyway. The Eagles are four now as well, but they've been less well. impressive. Yeah, they play, and, they, and they they've managed to win all the games, but I don't think they've like really blown anybody out or. They're not really dominating anyone. Right? So the offense hasn't really clicked. They had overtime win over Washington. Okay. That's Sam Howell, a quarterback. They they had a close game against the Vikings and a close game against who did they play opening. I can't remember who they played opening week, but they actually had a decent win against the uh, Buccaneers. But that was close for much of the game. So mm-hmm. well, yeah, they didn't have any really really comfortable victories this year. Well, and against teams that aren't really expected to be the Patriots as week one. Oh, the Patriots. Yeah, that was a... Yeah, so they've the game that they won the most handily was against Tampa Bay and it was 25-11. That's, you know, still two touchdowns. It's not, you know, not like what, uh, you know, Miami did to Denver. But No. Yeah. You, a transitive uh, property question for you, though, Mike, because Buffalo handily defeated Miami... How much better is Buffalo than Denver? <laughs> well, 
I don't think they're 50 points better than Denver. I don't think anybody's 50 points better than anybody in the NFL. But this is you have to also remember kind of that this is this is when Buffalo traditionally does the best. They really usually get out the hot starts. They and lots of times they'll beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead, like week five, six, seven, uh, but then fade towards the end when Josh Allen gets dinged up. I guess is maybe the reason. Mm-hmm. So I'm 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 not sold on the Bills yet. They played really well the last two weeks, but they did lose to the Jets, just like the Chiefs. You know, the Chiefs played poorly and they beat the Jets. The Bills played played poorly and they lost to the Jets, mm-hmm. and that was without um, a good performance by Zach Wilson. So I I think you know the Chiefs have shown they can play badly and win. I don't know if the Bills have shown they can play badly and win. So maybe that's what I would say separates the Chiefs from the Bills right now. I think the Ravens are also really good, and the, and the Dolphins, I think those are the top four mm. uh, right now. I think before this most recent week, I was worried about the Dolphins being that good, but Buffalo kind of showed maybe how to beat them this week, so maybe maybe you're not quite as worried about Miami as you were. Yeah, and I think you worry, can Miami do this in cold weather in the playoffs? So yeah. if they have home field advantage, that's really good. But if they have to go to Kansas City or they have to go to Buffalo or, you know, Cleveland or something like that, that would be hmm. not so good maybe for them. But really, I think probably worry. I mean, think more about Buffalo and, and Miami being, you know, the health of the quarterback is maybe the only thing that matters for those <laughs> teams. So if, as long as those uh, – as Tua and – Josh Allen are healthy and the team is it's a threat minimally if not you know an expected victory for them against almost anybody but if they're hurt I don't know that they're going to beat anybody although is that yeah does that sound right yeah you think you think maybe Shane Bouchelle would come in for the uh uh the Bills in a revenge type of game against the Chiefs I wouldn't be surprised if he was active it'd be a great story for a you know, for us to talk about, right? Yeah. Well, the Chiefs played both the uh, Dolphins and the Bills later in the season. Then uh, the Chiefs play uh, Week Nine against the Dolphins, and that will be in Germany. Mm-hmm. And they play Week. Week 14, I think, against the Bills at home, and week 17 against the Bengals at home. And the, the mm-hmm. Bengals, those were the, I think, the Bengals and the Bills were seen as the two most likely challengers to the Chiefs, and neither one is, well, no, the Bengals have really fallen off. The, the Bills have played well, so I don't know. The Bengals, that game might be like a two, they might be a two and 13 team or something at that point, even, or yeah. five. And, Especially if Burrow doesn't. Figure yeah. out how to Five and ten or get something. around that calf injury, or yeah, it's surprise. It's weird because like it didn't seem like it would be that bad, but I don't know. It's yeah, he hasn't been the same. He's hasn't been mobile at all. So well, yes, they to change the offense to allow him to get rid of the ball that much faster. Yeah, it really takes a, the downfield dimension out of the scenario. 
Man. Well, Zach Wilson was getting rid of the ball really fast. They showed on Sunday Night Football. So, like, maybe they could. But he, in that, uh, Nathaniel Hackett's offense actually did something well with 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 Wilson for a while. So, maybe Hackett's not quite the hack that I thought he was. But um, I guess that's only it's only one game. A blind pig finds an acorn every once in a while. So, in one or two quarters. Yeah. 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 Um, should we speaking of, we're talking about these different games do you want to talk about our bets that we made our locks of the week how, they were locks how, for one of us they were not locks for the other of us yeah mine were Yale locks or uh, Chubb safe locks uh, sort of uh, locks of the week they were they were really master locks and um, so I was 3-0 and on this week so I two of the last three weeks I've been 3-0 and and I think I'm up to seven and five through uh, the first four weeks. I was zero and three, three and zero, one and two, then three and zero again. I think I'm seven and five. Yeah, got that over here. I had it on the wrong spots. Uh, yes, you were four and five. So yes, you were seven and five now. That's right. And so three and oh this week. Well, we're, you were oh and three, however, this week. Where does that put you? That leaves me at six and six. Six and six. So I've taken the lead, uh, albeit maybe perhaps briefly, um, in our locks of the week. So my first lock started on Thursday. I had good luck. Um, I had the Rams plus one and a half. And the Rams really took it. Two. No, wait, that wasn't the, th- the Detroit. The Thursday night was Detroit Green Bay. So Detroit was there minus you. one and a half. And they really took it to uh, the the Packers uh, in Lambeau Field. And most of the stadium, it seemed like, was full of Detroit fans. Did you see those pictures of? Yeah. Blue? Yeah, that's surprising to see. Yeah, what was, uh, what was, yeah. I, so I guess even Lambeau Field, they they sell their tickets to on StubHub. Apparently, uh, yeah. So they so that, Detroit was minus one and a half, and they won thirty four to twenty. So it was an easy win. They were they were up. They were ahead the whole game basically. So it was twenty seven to three at the half. So that's that's one you probably not worried about your pick at all at that point. Does that sound right? No, not really. It was a nice game to yeah because Thursday games are so unpredictable. But I thought well, I don't think Green Bay is very good, and I think Detroit's mm-hmm. gonna. And it's only minus one and a half, so I might as well just because most of the permutations of Detroit winning are above one and a half points, so you might as well go for that. Um, yeah. How about your first game? Um, well, I guess we've already talked about the Chiefs quite a lot, and uh, I did have a pick in that game, and I had the Matt Mahomes slide uh, so that well. You as well. I had the Chiefs as well um, in that game. I had them over. 42 and a half, I believe. It went down to 41 and a half, and I also picked them over at over 41 and a half. And so fortunately, the it was 23 to 20 or 43 total points when Mahomes made that slide. So it didn't really matter on that pick if it went yep. over. It seemed like it was going to go way over for a while because it'd been that's it had been close like that even in the third quarter. So it seemed like teams were going to score mm. and score twice uh in the last quarter but it 
it didn't really turn out that way. So and then it yeah. ended with a long drive that resulted in no points. And, I, and so I had the Chiefs minus nine and a half. And so I needed the touchdown and the extra point to be successful. I was envisioning the, uh, you know, scoring the touchdown and then missing the extra point just so that the bet would lose that I had. it. That's what, <laughs> that I, that's what I was picturing. And then the slide is like, oh, great. But we, we talked about the Andy Reid ARG system that you developed uh, during that game. Yes. What, what is the ARG well, it's it's uh, an an accurate descriptor of what you and many many other Chiefs fans uh, would uh, have you know seen at the end of these games. The the and Andy Reid gentleman home stretch is what, <laughs> which is the acronym yeah. of which is the sound that Chiefs fans, especially Mike, uh, makes when this when the scenario then. I uh, yeah, I I think he tries to play it too cute a lot of the times. And he tries to thread the needle so they can just have the ball at the end and kneel down. But I think sometimes it's just better. Why don't we just go up two scores with like a minute left and we don't have to kind of barely try to get a first down because we're going to run the ball and then it's third and seven and we're going to have Mahomes kind of scramble. Like just try to score and get ahead and just let the defense sort it out, I think is the – like. I think that's a, also means like if you trust your defense, why don't you just get why don't you just score and be up ten with a minute and a half and then see what happens? Because like you know sometimes you don't get the first down. This happens with the Chiefs a lot. Like they're like at the forty yard line of the other team and they don't get the first down and then they end up punting it rather than uh, or trying to go for a very long field goal rather than just moving the ball as well as they had done before they suddenly switched their offensive game plan and now we're just gonna try to barely get 10 yards each time yeah and burn the clock even though that's not our play at all yeah yeah i don't like that so it's it's more stressful and they did and so that slide at the end was great i guess but you know they did stuff like that you remember the game at baltimore a couple years ago maybe it was last year um when the Chiefs were way up most of that game and then they got slightly behind and they just kind of played for the field goal mm. and Edwards Alaire fumbled it and they didn't even get that and they lost the game because they were trying to be too cute, trying to um I milk the clock longer than you know, and not really get a first down, right? Like if they had just tried to score a touchdown and they'd be up by, by like six with you know 30 seconds left, they tried to you know, they were down and they they tried to, you know, just get a field goal and they couldn't manage to just get a field goal. So I, it's it's not as risk-free, I think, a strategy as maybe the ultimate statistics might make it. Because you have to, you know, so. But, but, now, but now we have a descriptor for it, though. The, but yeah, yeah. The Andy Reid gentleman home stretch. That's yeah, because because Reid, yeah, and also doesn't want to win by very many points. He doesn't want to show up the other team. So yeah. only winning by three is much more gentlemanly than winning by ten, which is what other coaches would have done. But it it's yeah, being gentlemanly like yeah, it does cause me some um, agita. <laughs> yes. Uh, speaking of agita, how about your how about your second pick? Uh, second pick was uh, from another game that uh, we've talked about already. Uh, I had Miami plus two and a half at Buffalo, and uh, the game did not go at all what I expected anyway. I thought the uh, Buffalo defense wasn't going to be able to hold up. 
and Josh Allen wasn't going to be quite so accurate. And yeah, went completely opposite from what I said. What 40, my prediction 20, was Buffalo easily, easily covered the spread. That was one of the few oh, games okay. on the comprehensive system that I went completely against you, and then that worked really well for me. Yeah, but because I did think that to, I did think that maybe people were overvaluing Miami. Miami's seventy points. Yeah, and so one of the, the gambling adages is don't look at the last game necessarily, is it because it's it just there's not always momentum coming off of it, and the and the spread often takes that into a, a account. So you're not getting a good number sometimes if you're betting for a team that um, won big. But, of course, sometimes teams that win big won big multiple times in a row. So it's like, you know, you're only yeah. – that's you <laughs> not really great. It's so like when you're, when you're right 53% of the time, you're wrong 57, 47% of the time. They, I mean, Miami didn't even need to win this game. They just had to, you know, cover the two-and-a-half-point deficit anyway was all. So. I, I think but Simpson – They didn't play I think the Simpsons had the line was like Jimmy. They had a Jimmy the Creek kind of guy. He goes, "Well, they, because his lock of the week did come through." He goes, "Well, when you're right, fifty-two percent of the time, you're wrong forty-eight percent of the time." And so, I guess his locks of the week are fifty-two <laughs> percent, which isn't really enough to win money. Um, no. So, but seven to five, it would be enough uh, to win money. And uh, my third pick, also my third pick, also would win money. But it became. It seemed like it was a shoe in at the beginning. But then it seemed like, uh oh, uh, they might not make it. And then uh, overtime came, and that that helped. That was the Rams against the Colts in Indianapolis. The Rams were way up against the Colts, and the Colts rallied back under. Was it Minshew starting, or was it um, was he playing still? Uh, um, Anthony Richardson was back. Oh, it was Richardson. Richardson was back. So Richardson led the comeback, and. Yeah. Um, they tied it 23-23 going to overtime, and then the Rams scored a touchdown to Puka Nakua again, and they won 29-23. I think that was his first – he had a lot of yardage on the season, but I think that was his first touchdown. Was it his first touchdown? Oh. Yeah. It was, it was kind of, of surprising that it had taken him that long because he would, had so much success with, you know, being kind of all over the catch, – catching so many balls in the first two games. Yeah, like, right. He has – 10 receptions in each game, I think, wasn't it? And then, yeah. but but not a touchdown. He has 39 receptions over four games, 501 yards, but only one touchdown. So he's become kind of a replacement for Cooper Cup, it seems like, uh, coming he's out. seemingly always injured. Yeah, now it is. Yeah, now he's been – did you know Demarcus Robinson is on the Rams? How did he do? He has – I think he's been on the practice squad, or maybe not been active because he has no catches. Not on the active roster. No. Yeah, <laughs> or maybe if he is, he's he's on. Yeah, he's on. Yeah, he's game day decision or whatever. So, right. uh, how? So those are our picks. So I was three and zero. You were. I still have my third pick. Was the? Oh, you have your third pick. Sorry about. Was that. my uh, Atlanta at Jacksonville? I had over forty three and a half, and they did not make that. They only got to thirty. And this is one of those picks that I'd I'd made on air, and then we went to our uh, major or our comp- more comprehensive bet, mm-hmm. and I actually flipped the pick um, in the spreadsheet. So in the spreadsheet, I actually got it correct, but on air, I was wrong. So, Ooh, so you you broke you really looked, just broke even on that game on that particular. Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny that that's what happened though, because I should have switched the pick 
on the spreadsheet <laughs> after I noticed it, but it was after the game had already started. So I uh, the, the it. it ended up being correct then. So that you know made a difference for me at least anyway in the in the week on the comprehensive betting system. Did you watch any of that game? Uh bits of it. Not did you watch the Toy Story version of that game? No. no. <laughs> did you? I watched some of the Toy Story version. It was kind How of was fun. It? Yeah. It was kind of cute. Yeah. It was funny. Like it was like yeah, they, yeah, they the 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 teams looked like little football version, you know, little football versions of of themselves. Yeah, and, and then the, it was like the Toy Story group was on the sidelines, and it came, you know, as as maybe an astute uh, viewer of the Toy Story movies or connoisseur of the Toy Story movies would know this was taking place in Andy's room. Mm. Uh, of course, Andy is no longer the owner of the Toy Story toys, mostly. Especially after Toy Story four, uh, Toy Story three, uh, uh, those toys were given to a girl named Bonnie, and um, Toy Story four, they were owned by Bonnie, so it should be in Bonnie's room, uh, because uh, Forky, as well, the star of Toy Story four, was in on the sidelines, and he never would have been in Andy's. Oh. I sure, sure hope somebody was fired for that blunder, and uh, also, if spoiler alert. Um, uh, Woody leaves uh, Bonnie behind in uh, Toy Story 4. He decides to go off on his own and get back together with Bo Peep, who was a lost toy. And uh, so he is, uh, you know, he does. he's a free agent at the end of uh, Toy Story 4. So he is, he is not anywhere near mm. Andy's room. Andy would be at least a college student in the Toy Story universe at this point and not have all those toys. I didn't know they made more than two, Mike. That's Toy Story three came out about ten or twelve <laughs> years ago. Um, it, was when, it was when I was living in Kansas City again, so maybe uh. two thousand ten, something like that. Um, it was pretty good. All the Toy Story movies are pretty good. Yeah. I watch them a lot because of uh, Marie. Uh, she loves Forky. Do you know Forky? Nope, didn't know. He is voiced by Tony Hale, who is of course Buster from. Rest uh, development. Rest development. He was in Veep and things like that. And yeah. he is a he is a spork, like a plastic white spork with like googly eyes and a pipe cleaner uh, mouth. Nice. And who was created as a toy by Bonnie in one of her little craft classes, and he came to life. But he in Toy Story Four, he always thought of himself as trash and tried to throw himself away. And there was a uh, Randy Newman tune. Uh, Great uh, song called "I Don't I Won't Let You Throw Yourself Away," hmm. um, but anyway, so Forky never would have. He was only created later by Bonnie. He wouldn't have been in Andy's room, so uh-huh. that's the that's the problem. But I, yeah, it was kind of fun to watch, though. It was kind of a cool little. So it's thing. more like a Toy Story multiverse episode of this football game. I don't really like the word multiverse, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> In, in some universe, all those characters could have been together in the same room. Maybe I guess I don't know. I don't, I just I just think it was a. I think they shouldn't have said it was in Andy's room, because, mm. but they they said it was in Andy's room to kind of appeal to parents. But I think astute younger viewers, especially, would say that's not in Andy's room anymore. Andy doesn't have those toys anymore. But uh, my daughter Marie watched uh, some of that, I think, and she enjoyed did. She it. did she notice that? Did she pick up on that? A mistake. I, I I don't know. I didn't talk to her about it at all. Maybe tomorrow I will. Yes. Um, okay. But that was kind of fun to watch. But yeah, the the the, the game was. I thought I, I I like 
having an extra game to watch on TV. No. So I'll watch, I'll watch best just about any NFL game and I have time to do it. But yeah, the Chiefs, uh, I mean, the, the Jaguars and the Falcons, the Jag, the, we call them, start calling them the London Jaguars maybe because did you hear about Jaguars stadium situation? Mm. Um, there's the Jaguars want to renovate their stadium for like a billion dollars and have taxpayer money pay for at least some of it. And the and Jacksonville taxpayers, I don't think, want to pay for it because they're all um, Matt Gates, uh, Marjorie, Marjorie Taylor Green types, uh, and <laughs> also because it's a bad deal anyway. Sometimes paying for uh, tax high taxes for a stadium, but yeah, they're uh, maybe you're going to move. I think uh, to London because they have two games in a row in London this weekend, uh, last weekend, this week in in separate stadiums. Wembley first, and then I think Tottenham. Hotspur Stadium uh, on Sunday. Yes. But anyway, so so those were our, those were our, those were our locks of the week. I went three and zero, zero and three. But now I'm seven and five. You are six and six. So I'm one game up. How did we do in our comprehensive every game um, thrice bet uh, competition? So you had an amazing week, Mike. By this was the best week that any of us have had this season so far. You had a 24% return on your bets this time, plus $11,159.04. Nice. Uh, you did go 14 of 16 on the money line, which is pretty amazing. And not, not too shabby, 10 of 16 on the on the spread, although you did miss the last five. Yeah, I was 10 out of 11. You were even better until the last five games even and then and that you know it fell apart to only being really really good but it was like had that potential going into the uh the afternoon games on sunday to being like maybe getting like almost all of yeah. that's correct i noticed that the afternoon games sometimes are worse seem like they're worse for me usually and yeah. i don't know if that's been every week um you, you oh, still picked all the correct outcomes. Last week was perfect for me. Yeah. And so afternoon and week one wasn't very good. Afternoon and week four, though, was very good. So, I, I, so yeah, I think maybe there's no correlation, but I nah. did really So I got everything in the afternoon last week and uh, nothing in the afternoon this week, but I did very well. Those games were all, like, wide spreads. Yeah. So you, you still picked the correct team to win, but... The spreads you did not have. Yeah, I only missed one of those money line picks. I, picked, I uh, after of the post afternoon, uh, I picked the Giants to beat Seattle. Yeah, but they did not come close. The Giants are really bad. But yeah, I won. Uh, and you and you won money as well. You uh, for your fifth for your fourth consecutive week, you've been a winner. Yeah. So this is my would have been my third best week, but still positive. Plus two twenty two fifty seven. It was about. A little shy of five percent return for this week uh, on the so, season now you've gotten much closer to closing the gap anyway so uh you're down you're still down 66482 uh and i'm up 1230 and 92 cents so basically i need two more weeks like this uh to catch up to and you'll, you, you you would surpass me in two weeks if you do yeah. eat this I don't think that's going to happen, but maybe slow and steady. I can, yeah. I, I can at least get over. Uh, I, I care more about winning 
getting over five, getting over into positive money over the season than I do about beating you, Doctor Scaff. Okay, but uh, that would be a a nice thing, I guess, to do as well. But if you're trying, if you're trying to catch up, make up ground in any way, getting sixty eight plus percent of your picks correct is a great way to do that. Thank, yes, I will. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so, yeah, it's like, yeah, if score more points than the other team. That's a great way to win yeah. uh, football games. And getting all your picks right is a great, great way to make to make money. But if that, that uh, what was a 50, 54% is the sort of target to hit that break-even point. And, yeah, you were well above that this week. 68.8% correct picks, Mike. 33 of 48. Yes. And, and so I was at 58%, which isn't bad, but uh-huh. not as good as 68, 69%. Yes. <laughs> yes. That was the, yeah, so I had a, I had, I had a good week. I shouldn't want to get too full of myself, but I feel like I'm on a roll. I'm, I've been improving every week. Um, I was way, I think I lost $1,800 or something like that the first week. And then I lost a few hundred more. Yeah. Second, but it was closer than I was almost 500 last week. Or was a little over five hundred last week, and now I'm um, week three. You were plus about a hundred bucks, plus a hundred, yeah. And week then two, plus, week two, you're down only fifty dollars. Yeah, so dollar. yeah, so yeah. The week one though, I was minus almost nineteen hundred. Yeah, so. clawing so, your way back, clawing my way back. Ever in, but quickly though. Actually, this last week. So. I just need a few more weeks of that, and then I'll really know that I should just bet week four, week three on, and then I will be, become a, or at least just not that week one. I and I can I can become that um, green visor wearing a, a sleeve garter riverboat gambler that I always wanted. wanted yes. To see. So uh, one thing to note is that the over-under number started very high. I think the average over-under was about 45 points in week one. And then dipped to 43, back up to 44. Last week it was 40, just almost under, just under 45. And the overs were only seven and nine this week. Will Mm -hmm. that have an effect on you? Your bets for this coming week, then I think I knowing that the overs were worse this week than the last couple weeks. I I I tend to think that under usually is right more often than over. So I think people like to bet the over and they artificially raise it. So I'm going to basically go if I don't really have a feel on the game, I'm just going to go under. Uh, That's my like if if why not just just uh, I think it's a coin flip. Just go under because I think. As a coin flip, under is probably fifty three percent or something to yeah. over forty seven, and let's do that. That's... It's, it was pretty crazy this most recent week. There were um, some of the games that got over were like way over because there was a yeah. Miami Buffalo sixty eight points total, which is plenty over the fifty three and a half, and Washington Philly was at sixty five, well over the thirty nine and a half. Yeah, because some, some of the low numbered expectations were like blown out. But then some games were just kind of duds point wise. Cincinnati, Tennessee, it was a combined 30 points. 
Yeah, well, under just... the 41. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I won that one. I thought it would go under because I thought, yeah, yep. Cincinnati's offense is bad. Tennessee is low scoring as well. They're a defensive team. So um, I thought Cincinnati maybe Cincinnati would play better against Tennessee's weak defense and they didn't do anything. <laughs> should uh, should we anyway. switch over to baseball? For yeah. Speaking of under, um, it seemed like all of the – we we also made bets on season-long picks uh, uh, in terms of who would win this many games in a season. And neither of us did terribly well uh, this season, both of us finishing under 500. On, uh, we were one and three. We bet on four teams. One of these we both bet on the Royals going over how many wins? 60? 68 and a half. 58 and a half. They would have been that would have been 69 and 93. And they ended up being 56 and 106, which is actually a very a, a mark a kind of decent improvement over what we thought they might be going in. We thought, you know, like into the last few weeks, we thought, oh, maybe they'd lose 110, 115 games. But I think 106 losses are just the just tied for the most in franchise history. It equaled but, their worst yeah. season, yes. But they but they finished. September 15 and 12 was the month of September's record, which if they were to do that for the entire season, they'd be at like 90 wins. Is this again, just hope giving the team and its fans some hope going into next year because they finished strong or is it just what they seem to do for some reason? Well, they used to do it because they called up all their young players Mm-hmm. And the young players played well, but then they replaced those young players with like older veterans to fill in the lineup at the beginning of the next season, and they lost all the momentum. And then they would play the young kids again, and they would do well. That seemed to be like the, the way they did it for the first few years of the Dayton Moore era. Mm-hmm. And then finally, when they invested just mostly in the young kids, they started winning all their games. Um, so, I, but this year was a little different because. They're, the rosters are not allowed to be as expanded as they used to. They can mm-hmm. only only twenty eight or something. So they only add a couple of, of of expansion players. So it's basically the same team that had been around before, and they're actually over five hundred. So I think this is more encouraging than the previous most of the previous ones. What do you, what do you think? I mean, I think I think they've got a few players that they've maybe taken roles uh, as the season went on. That that you know. You would hope that they won't try to, the team won't try to take back from them. Beginning of next year, like it seems like Michael Garcia has become the leadoff hitter and playing third base every day. Hopefully they don't try to bring someone in that they don't need uh, to compete with that job and just say it's his and like see how he does. Um, they finally found some relief pitching from James MacArthur late in the year, which was kind of oh, been great. Uh, so... You know, may, maybe they're starting to get like an anchor to the bullpen, and that that was their biggest deficit by far. I think on the season was how poorly the bullpen was, you know, playing, and then and then you know the rotation got very injured, and you know if they can get some of those guys back, then maybe they have enough pieces to like field the team at least that could be competitive to some extent. But I don't know; it's still looking kind of bleak. I think. <laughs> Till, yeah, Bobby uh, Witt was some of those you know, he's, out. He was almost 30, 50. He 30 home runs, 49 stolen bases. He got caught stealing, I think, in his last game. 
I think also that game was fun because Zach Grinke got a win, and mm-hmm. he had been he had turned into Jordan Lyles if he was only one in fifteen uh, as the season went on. Yeah, win loss record, even though he wasn't as bad as Lyles, uh, really. But he, so, do you think it's do you think this is Grinke's last game? Is he going to play next year? I I really don't know. I think it's up to him if he wants to play. I think the Royals will bring him back. I don't think that's. I don't think there's any, you know, discussion that they would not bring him back. I would yeah. assume, but I don't know. I'd like to see him move to more of a bullpen role. Well, you might. I mean, he could probably get a couple of extra seasons in if he wants to keep playing. Then, you know, if he could pitch three or four innings, that's still great. But it's not going to be. I mean, the team. If he's a he's a starter and the number one starter, the team's not competitive. Yeah, yeah, it just I, can't I, be. Maybe he can turn into a Smoltz type of guy or something, but no, I don't no. think he will. And I think I think this is probably his last year. He 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 does whatever he wants. I don't think he really cares about record or legacy or anything like yeah. that. If he feels if he feels done, he's done. If he feels I like can do it again, he'll do it again. It's 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 he's he is very independent in his thought process. So he's hard and hard and I think unpredictable uh, in yeah. terms of what he wants to do. Not like erratic, unpredictable, but just you just you know you know you don't know what's going on in the mind of 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 Zach Grinky. Uh but yeah we 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 both missed on our Royals prediction. We'll probably pick the over next year uh as well because I think we have a soft spot in our heart for the Royals. Um we were each right on one team with an over pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were right on the Dodgers, I believe. Yep. Had 96 and a half wins. They ended up with an even 100 victories in the season. Good. And, they have, and, they're, and they're looking strong again going into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, I I picked a team that had, was sort of like the Royals that were uh, historically usually not very good. Also had win total production, production in the 60s. And also something that I'm now, now I'm kind of local to. I, so they're kind of my local favorite team. I like them a little better than the Nationals or the uh, um, Orioles. Uh, I like the I like the I like the Pirates. And what was the Pirates over under number? Over under was sixty seven and a half. They finished at seventy six wins for the season, comfortably so, over. Yeah, comfortably over. Didn't that's, have to wait even to the last week to get to that. No, it was that that's over. because it was a yeah. I should that should have been my lock of the week, but no. our other two did not do ser- terribly well either. Um, so I picked. I'm. I'll, I'll save my heartbreaking one for last. Yeah, and that was a heartbreaker. <laughs> <laughs> the um, I also predicted. Actually, I predicted the Tigers because I thought the Royals would do better. Basically, the Tigers were the team that was projected to do badly that did fairly well. And well, I what the Tigers ended up uh, seventy eight and eighty four. I think was mm-hmm. their number. It was similar to the where the Royals. Were. Almost the same, yeah. Sixty nine and a half wins for the Tigers was the under number, and they got yeah six seventy eight. So, and and to make it a little worse was that the Tigers swept the Royals in that last week of the season too. So it's three of those wins could have gone you know to the other club, and but still it wouldn't have changed either of the bets. But at least <laughs> it would have been closer. Yeah. No. Uh, I had I missed on one by. Even more than the Royals, I had the Mets at over ninety three and a half wins. I expected their uh, rotation looked so good at the beginning of the year, and 
they had sold off almost in the entirety of it before the season was yes. over. Uh, only finished with 74 wins. Nine, a full 20 wins below what you would need to win. under number, yes. That's too bad. That's, and that's heartbreaking in one way. Yeah. I have heartbreaking in another way where I had the Boston Red Sox at over 78 and a half wins, and they finished with 78 wins exactly, 78-84. It wasn't the last day that did me because they won their last game, but they lost yeah. the game before, I think, I guess. So that knocked me out on the next day, next to the last game. That half, that half a win, gotcha. A half, a, half a win over 162 games. I guess that shows you how good Vegas is at <laughs> setting their lines. Um, For that one, anyway. Yeah. How about your last one? Uh, last one, last one was also a pretty bad miss for me. Anyway, it was um, I? I expected the NL West to be competitive, uh, and having with the Padres and and Giants playing better, maybe the Rockies playing a little better too. Um, but having the uh, the Diamondbacks drop, which they did not. I had them under seventy five and a half wins. They ended up in the playoffs at eighty four wins the season so that's not close for me nice comfortably yeah, no, over on that yeah yeah. Now the, yeah now the playoffs have started uh to on tuesday the first games of the wild card series were all played and and we have um uh the winners of of, of those games texas beat tampa bay uh toronto beat um uh, toronto lost to minnesota yes uh, Arizona in the National League, Arizona won at Milwaukee, and Phillies defeated the, the Marlins. So, uh, any of the do you, which which team do you think is the team to beat in the uh, in the playoffs for the? Well, maybe we'll start with the American League. Do you, so the Baltimore Orioles had a bye; they were the number one overall seed, 101 wins. Do you think? Do you like the Orioles to come out of the American League, or do you think another team uh, is more likely? Uh, well, I suppose the Astros are probably still the team to be the most concerned about. I think if you're any any of the other teams, uh, they're always a threat no matter what. And I assume they're going to be cheating in some fashion. I don't know which one <laughs> it's going to be this season, but it's probably something, Mike. It's probably <laughs> something. Uh, and and they uh, on the last day ended up like stealing the division from Texas. Uh, so that that was a. You know they've got a little momentum maybe going into this, into the place. But now they have to sit for most of a week uh, before they can started. Uh, what do you think about the team to beat in the AL West or in the in the AL? Um, I I'm not sure about Baltimore played really really well, but I think they're they're still young and they don't I don't know how how much experience they will have in the playoffs. So I'm not enamored with. I think. Tampa Bay is was the best team in the American League for much of the year, hmm. but they faded kind of down the stretch. And they so had a very I think floppy four error game today. Yeah, I think it's one of the West teams as well. I like either the Rangers or the Astros. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they bolstered their rotations at the end because they got those old Mets guys. Yes, uh, they got. Um, so I. I I think I I prefer I would much prefer the Rangers win, mm. and the Rangers I don't believe have won the World Series no. ever. Right? 
They, maybe they did when they were the Washington senators, but they didn't. They still weren't very successful as the Washington uh, senators. Yeah, and the Rangers have been in Texas for since like 1960, something like that. Yeah, it was after the. Was it after the Royals became a team or before? 1961. No, it's before. War. That's like one seven years before eight years before. Oh, they've been in Texas since 1972. They were established as the Senators in 1961. Okay. So they were, they were the second Washington Senators team. The other, okay. do you know where the other Washington Senators team uh, ended up? They're they're also a current American League team, but uh, that was once the Washington Senators. Hmm. The Minnesota Twins were the original Washington. Oh. So they moved to Minnesota, and then the second senators moved to um, uh, Texas. So they moved to Texas in 1972, or their first season was 1972. Uh, and the Minnesota Twins' uh, first season was in uh, 1961. So they, so the the senators, the new senators, it was sort of the Cleveland Browns situation almost. The Right after, I guess the Browns, Cleveland didn't have a team for a little while because mm -hmm. uh, the Browns and the Ravens, and then, then they got the new Browns. But the Senators, they get they got a new Senators, I guess, the next year. That was a different team, and they just didn't they didn't call. I guess they just didn't treat the uh, Twins as an expansion team. They were just the Senators, and now they have a new oh. Senators that also believe in uh, twelve years. So, so the Ra the Rangers franchise then started in nineteen sixty one. What year do you think they made the playoffs for the first time? Ooh. Um, I don't think they did when Nolan Ryan was pitching for him, even in the nineties. So it might have been it might have been some of those two thousand teams. Like they made the back they made World Series back to back, I think, in 2010, 2011. 2010. So they they made the playoffs before twenty ten. That's kind of what I'm asking you. Isn't I don't it? know. Ninety I mean ninety <laughs> Five-ish. I don't. I have no idea. That was really close. Ninety-six was their 96. first their first uh, playoff appearance. Apparently, yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm going to root for Texas it's because they don't cheat like the Astros. So no. And I'm tired of the Rays, and I'd be happy for the Orioles. Yeah. But um, I would I would like to see the the Rangers do well, make a legitimate run. I'd also like to see the Orioles do well, though, too. This is like who I'd like to see. I'd like to see yeah. the Orioles. Because they, they, I mean, they did what most of these teams like the Royals, you know, hope that they can do is that they were bad for a long time. They kept getting draft picks. They slowly built the franchise from inside. And then when they had the opportunity to make a playoff push, they did go out and get some free agents, you know, at the deadline. So... I would hope to see the Orioles do well because they've, you know, done this the right way. Yeah. Maybe more so even than the Rangers did because they spent a lot of money in the offseason to build this team up to what it is. And it wasn't the slow build. It was more of a what the Mets were trying to do and jump back yeah. ahead. Uh, but they were more successful at it this season than the Mets were. How about the National League? Are you, are you all in on the Braves with their uh, Ronald Acuna's? Great. I like Ronald Acuna. I'm tired of the Braves. I don't want them to do well. I, I, yeah. I don't. I just. I don't know. I, maybe it's my. The Dodgers. Are you tired of the Dodgers? Then those. I'm tired of the Dodgers. I'm 
also I think the teams there are two teams that I think I would like to see do well, and uh, that's probably uh, definitely the Brewers. I kind of would like to see uh, succeed. I think of them as sort of a Kansas City Royals type of team, Sister City kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, so I would I would say the Brewers I like, and maybe the Phillies. Marlins, Bryce, no. Bryce Harper Phillies. Yeah, I don't like the Marlins because I, I I hate when they do well in the playoffs and then they always like tear down the team and become really crappy right after and they I just don't think much, nobody goes to the games. Also, like Tampa Bay, I think only had like nineteen thousand fans at the playoff game That's today, it. so they just shouldn't even have a team. I don't think any Florida. Uh, I have been I have been to that park and it does suck. <laughs> Tampa's, Tampa's is it some bad lease that they have that they can't get out of it or i think so yeah it, it's not very good it, it was kind of in that same sort of vein as the uh um oakland coliseum they're just not they're not um they're not comfortable you don't feel like at home when you're there it's it's very i don't know none of it's comfortable at all yeah okay so i have a question so the Rays drew 19,704 people to the playoff game. It's the lowest attended playoff game since 1919. Tell me, and that would have been the World Series, of course, because they didn't have playoffs uh, other than the American League champions, meaning the National League champions uh, back then. Who do you think was in the uh, 1919 uh, World Series? Let's see. So that is... It won't be the Red Sox because they were already in their drought. Mm-hmm. As were the Cubs. Nineteen nineteen. No, I don't. I don't know. Well, that nineteen nineteen because that it was the Black Sox, famous Black Sox. Oh, that was the Black Sox team. The World Series. Oh, that was that year. Yeah, and they lost to Cleveland. Uh, that year in the in what was in a best of nine series, uh, they lost five games to three. And Ray Liotta, I mean, Shoeless Joe Jackson was uh, uh, wasn't really, uh, yeah. Um, who played Ray Liotta? Who played, I mean, who played Shoeless Joe in the um Black Sox movie? Was that was that um, eight men out? That that one, eight men out, yeah. I don't know, was that John Cusack who played him? No, he played Buck Weaver. Buck Weaver. Uh, DB Sweeney played. Hmm. He was in some other stuff, but I don't really remember him. Um, anyway, DB Sweeney. Hmm. Yeah, but yeah, nineteen nineteen. So that game in nineteen nineteen was in Cincinnati. At Redland Field in Cincinnati, it only drew thirteen thousand nine hundred and twenty-three. But they did. But they did. uh, Um, have above average attendance. Uh, The Rays on the regular season only drew seventeen thousand eight hundred or so people for their eighty-one games. So almost two thousand people more went to the playoffs than a regular season game. That's pretty bad right do you count do the rays count 
the actual like in the fish tank, the rays, do they count them as as attendees at the games? You think? Because <laughs> they do have like a, a manta ray tank. Well, well, now the ray is a sun thing. It's not a devil ray anymore. It's like right. a sun ray. So like, I think no. I would say no. You weren't allowed to counting the, the the animal rays because they switched away from the fish motif to the sun motif. Hmm. And they still have the, the tank there in center field, though. I don't know. Yeah, the Rays are building a new stadium. How many people? How many? You were talking about the the low capacity of the Royals' new stadium was only like it was going to be under the forty one thousand or so that the uh, it currently is. What's the new capacity of the Rays' new stadium that they were planning on building? Is it, is it 30, under, under 30? Uh, it's 30 exactly. Oh, really? Seems like that's really low. What's the what's the, the current stadium capacity? Because it's not that big. Bigger than, yeah. I would say, but it's... Uh, let's looking it up. Tropicana Field. Uh, right in the present. Um, well, it says 25,000. But if you include the seats that are covered by the tarp, it's forty-two thousand. Okay. Plus. So they could. So they've like lot. minimized the attendance yeah. to or the kind seats just to cut the, keep the attendance. Cover up all the seats that nobody's yeah. sitting in. I mean, it, that stadium—it just sounds the ball sounds so weird in there because it yeah. echoes immediately, yeah, it's and it's it's really crazy to 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 you know watch a game there. Anyway, it's it's, it's distracting if you're used yeah. to other parks. Yeah. And apparently it's in a you know weird hard to get area. Yeah. And like yeah, if you they don't have like good parking areas either. Like you kind of like have to park in like neighborhoods almost. It's very strange. It's very it's just a very very strange <laughs> area <laughs> for uh, for games anyway. So, do we are are there so we should we move on to the NFL for this week? Let's do that. Let's do it. Maybe we'll find some other strange areas to uh, cover. Yes. Uh, well, should, so um, I guess we'll maybe we'll talk about the Chiefs first. Neither of us bet on the Chiefs game. I think in our picks, did we? This uh, I have I have a bet on the Chiefs game. Oh, you do. Oh, you do. Okay. Yeah. Maybe, so maybe we'll talk about that bet then. You go. You you go first. What, what do you think about the game itself? The Chiefs are playing at Minnesota in the. It's an afternoon game. Three. It's a. Four, it's a. It's yeah. It's a, th- a three four. Tw- it was. It was a, a late uh, slot afternoon game. Mm. And so it's not prime time Kirk Cousins uh, period because he's he's one he's he's the one o'clock dandy, or the noon dandy. I guess it would be in Minneapolis and Kansas City. Yes, but he is worse. I think when when the, when the, when all the eyes are on him. So and these are actually two two of the net I guess two of the Netflix quarterback quarterbacks playing against one another and I believe it's the only team that Patrick Mahomes has not defeated. Ooh, because you remember the last time the Chiefs played the Vikings, that was when Matt Moore was the quarterback because that was the dislocated kneecap year of Mahomes, and so the the, the Vikings lost to the Chiefs. So the Chiefs beat them while Mahomes was on the roster, but he was not. Um, on the field playing as a starting quarterback so he's beaten thir- i guess he has also hasn't beaten the chiefs but he's beaten 30 of the other 31 teams right so he needs this to, he needs this box to check is what you're saying yes he might not get another chance for uh three four more years so yeah 
I had thought maybe this might be a game that was sort of a trap game for the Chiefs because they were, I thought at the beginning of the year, well, they're going to play at um, the New York Jets with, with Aaron Rodgers on Sunday Night Football. And then week six, they're going to go to Denver and play at Denver. Maybe uh, Sean Payton and uh, Russell Wilson have turned things around. And so they might be sleeping on the Vikings. But now I think they'll be fully ready for the Vikings simply because they played so poorly in New York. And then they also are not necessarily looking forward to the Broncos because the Broncos are not super competitive. So I think they're taking this one one week at a time, mm -hmm. like the old uh, adage says. So what what was your bet on this? What do you, what do you think of the Chiefs' uh, chances? Uh, so the, well, the, so the Chiefs are favored by the early line, at least as of today, is uh, Chiefs are favored five and a half points on the road. Uh, and the over-under number is pretty high. It's one of the highest, actually is the highest over-under number for the for the for this week, 53 and a half points. That's pretty high, yeah. The, the Chiefs defense has been playing so well, it's hard to see that over-under number getting up that high, especially if the defense plays anything like it has been. Uh, yeah, it would not, need to I'm be like a third-seven, seventeen type of game if the defense played well. It has to be under that though. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Thirty-seven, seventeen would be over. Would be over. Yes, we hit it. the over by a half a point. Yeah, so yeah. I want it to be less than that. You want to be less? Yeah. So you I want, want 30, 35, 17. That's fine. Just to give you a little cushion. So yeah, <laughs> somewhere in that area was better for me at least. Anyway. If like I could achieve 34, and then they could even if they opted to go for two for some reason, uh, yes, they would still be you would still be fine. Yes, I like that. Question. I like that much better. Yeah, I like that too. I, I like the under. I also like if I had to make a bet on that one, I, which I will, I guess, in our comprehensive betting uh scheme, I would also think the Chiefs would cover because five and a half points is not like 14 points. So, like the gentlemanly Andy Reid. I don't think would mind winning by a touchdown, but mm. uh, if it's ten or more, it's it's I think it's dicey. So unless it's like the unless it's like the the Bears game where they couldn't really help it and yeah, they just were so far ahead. Uh, and and the the Vikings defense, like you said, hasn't been very good. So maybe that's also why the points are gonna they think gonna be high. And Cousins has played pretty well, and but the offense hasn't been stellar in. Uh, Minnesota. So yeah, I, I I tend to. I guess they had a high scoring game against the Chargers at home. That was over, yeah, that twenty four in that game. Was that thirty two to twenty four? Twenty eight, twenty four, twenty four. Even that would be under thirty four, twenty eight. Yeah, which would be well over. Oh. They lost to the Bucks twenty to seventeen. Well under. And then they beat the Panthers 21-13, which is not very impressive. And well under, yeah. Yeah. So also I think that I like the under there too. Um, I didn't bet any overs or unders in my three locks of the week. Mine were all point spread based. And a lot of them involved some uh, maybe teams that are have been maybe underachievers this year that I'm betting on. Two of them three are underachievers, I guess we might say. One is maybe turning it around and one isn't. But the one that made the one that isn't so far is Bailey Zappi's or Mac Jones's uh, squad, the New England Patriots. They are playing the New Orleans Saints at home. They're only favored by one and a half points. 
and I don't think we even know if Derek, Derek Carr is going to play or be as good. He he played last week, didn't he? Mm. I thought he was going to be out, um, but he played. But he seems like he's limited. And I think the Patriots don't want to have a nightmare week against Dallas. We didn't even talk about that game where yeah. Dallas destroyed. It was Bill Belichick's worst loss of his career. But a lot of it also came about because the defense of the Cowboys got two touchdowns and almost a third inside the five yard line, I think. So uh, most of their points came from came from uh, the defense. The offense didn't score a lot. So I, I think New Orleans doesn't have a defense quite like Dallas, and their offense isn't any better than Dallas. So I think they're gonna. I think the Patriots can outscore New Orleans. So I like the, I like the Patriots at minus one and a half. I might also like the under in that game. I haven't really looked at it too closely, but I like the Patriots minus one and a half. Yeah, I guess we don't know for sure who either of the quarterbacks is going to be. No. In this scenario. But we do know that New Orleans quarterbacks have not done so well so far. So, yeah, it seems like the, the – Patriots defense has been pretty decent too. So again, and it's a long ways to travel and it's outdoors and maybe the saints are, it's not gonna be cold, but it's a, it, I, I think, I think the Patriots will, I think they can handle their business at home and move up to two and three. How about your second pick of the week? Uh, my second pick, I'm going back to uh, something that worked for me earlier in the season was betting against Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> uh so i've got i've got a uh, baltimore minus three and a half at pittsburgh that's a seemingly pretty close line for how the different directions these teams seem to be going uh kenny pickett did not play very well has this i think a brew let bruise on his leg which may mm-hmm. i don't know if it's going to keep him out of the game but i don't know if it will or not this point but baltimore seems to be a stronger team at this point at least anyway yeah by three and a half, that seems a little low for okay i could see that i could also see pittsburgh a tough divisional opponent at home uh with defense yeah. maybe stifling the the uh the the uh baltimore ravens because again the ravens lost two weeks ago to indianapolis at home so i you know i don't know if the I don't know if the Steelers are any worse than the Colts. So, but so I I I would be thinking about that. But I I, I like the I like your boldness there with the because uh, I think if the Ravens win, sometimes they'll win. I think I would say even if the Ravens win, they'll win big. But if they but I think the I think this I think the Steelers could also win outright. If it's close, then you think the Steelers will be yeah like at least that. maybe coming out on top even. Yeah, because I don't know how well the Ravens don't really tend to play as well in close games. Maybe yeah. And, uh, the Steelers, who are usually in close games, the Ravens like to blow people out and don't win a lot of close ones. Um, speaking of a, a game that's supposed to be close, uh, is I have my second pick is ten, is a division, another divisional uh, game. This is what so you have the AFC AFC North. I have the AFC South. I have Tennessee at Indianapolis. Tennessee is um, a a plus one and a half underdog at Indianapolis, and I like the way Tennessee played against Cincinnati. I think they're a, a good team because the Derrick Henry got rolling. I think um, some of their receiver injuries, uh, Traylon Burks, uh, I think he might be better next week. I think Tannehill's starting to get rolling. So I like the I like Tennessee to win at Indianapolis. I think Indianapolis is 
um, maybe a good team in the future, and maybe Richardson's a good quarterback in the future, but I think Tennessee's better right now. So I would say Tennessee plus one and a half at the uh, – what is their stadium called? Lucas Oil Stadium. At Lucas Oil Stadium. In Indy, yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and Tennessee doesn't actually have to win the game. They just have to lose by – Yeah, they, they can lose by one point. Yeah. Or tie. A tie would also – A tie also, also gives you a win. So that's yeah. – Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm – I will probably also I will I will probably not pick Indianapolis on the money line and Tennessee on the plus one and a half. Thread that needle, Mike. Good luck with Well, if you were going to take both of those, you should have that be part of a parlay, though, right? So you can get them, you know, an even larger. Ooh, that would be a lot. That would be a lot of money if you pick. Basically, you're picking Indianapolis to win by exactly one point. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That would be like the dumbest bet you could make. <laughs> no, you, you got it right. I guess if you bet like a small amount of money, it's like oh, five bucks. Who cares? Yeah. And 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 you know, if you get it right, way. you're a genius. Though. You're probably like fifty to one at least, right? Should be somewhere in that. Yeah. <laughs> How is yeah. your third pick? Is absurd. Uh, is my third pick. I'm going with a team that played really well. Uh, last week against Pittsburgh, uh, Houston is a one and a half point underdog at Atlanta this week. That's surprising to me. Yeah, it does seem surprising. Which is, uh, and, Houston um, has been playing really well actually the last couple of weeks, and yeah. Stroud has played really well. We uh, got yeah, thirty to six win over Pittsburgh this week. Seems like Atlanta is probably not as strong as Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah, I see Houston covering that one and a half point plus one and a half points, but there. Yeah, I like Atlanta uh, to lose that one too. I think I think that's also a, it's a it's a a game where Atlanta is playing a an AFC team, and I think most they're two and two, but I think all their wins have come against uh, the NFC. They so they lost badly to the Jaguars in London. They lost pretty badly to the Lions, who are the only two decent teams, and they bar- and they beat the Panthers, and they barely beat the Packers, who aren't not so good either. So I think Houston has a real chance uh, at at winning that one too. So I would, yeah, if I had to, if I had to make a bet, I would also pick um, Houston. I'm surprised that Houston is not the odds are pro Atlanta actually the favorite at least anyway. Yeah. Yeah. This is another my third pick. I also think of the odds are way too close, um, and uh, that is San Francisco at home against the Cowboys. The Forty Nineers are only three and a half point favorites. I don't see that as being a close game. I think San Francisco pretty much dominated Dallas in the playoffs last year, and I think in the I think um, Brock Purdy is playing very well. The, the San Francisco offense is humming. And I don't think Dallas is going to get their, you know, two touchdowns from the defense every week like they got against the Giants in week one and, and, and did this time. Week. I, I think that's I, I think that's something you can't count on. And mm-hmm. so I don't see Dallas's offense as being able to keep up with San Francisco's offense. And I think their defenses are relatively comparable. So mm-hmm. I, I like I like San Francisco. And, and I, I think also Kyle Shanahan, he's not he's not afraid to win by a bunch of points. Like uh, Andy Reid is, so I think I would say I would think 49ers by 
more than a touchdown is what I would guess. So um, three and a half points for the 49ers, I think it's a really good deal. And the 49ers haven't been playing terribly close games for the most part. No, they have. Arizona, 35-16 most recently. The Giants, they beat 30-12. to The Rams game was only a touchdown difference, but in week one, the Steelers were the 30-7 to win over the Steelers. Yeah, so every game has been more than seven points. And, they, the and they've scored exactly 30 points three times, and then the other yeah. team scored... 35 points. So uh-huh. but, uh, I, 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 wonder, I wonder if the Rams will, I mean, the Rams, the Cowboys will kick a last second field goal to cover the spread <laughs> rather than try to win that game. So like, like, like uh, Sean McVay's uh, Rams, I think, I think, and that actually won for me because I picked the Rams, I think plus eight and a half or something. And they were down by not, they were down by 10 and they kicked the field goal to get it within seven as time expired. Um, yeah. I guess they thought, well, maybe they'll be able to chance to get the kickoff or something. I don't know. Or just maybe he wanted to um, anger the gambling community. But I don't think, I think the Cowboys would, I don't, I, I can't see them kicking a field goal to cover the spread at the end. Maybe they can get, maybe they'd be down by 10 and they get a touchdown um, at the very end. That would kind of be be a bad beat, but I, I think I think the Forty um, ers are going to win and win comfortably, at, especially at San Francisco, at you know Santa Clara, William Levi Stadium. And the spread being only three and a half, three and a half, wasn't that what it was? Yeah. And it's at San Francisco, so they're basically saying if it's on a neutral field that they're basically even. Then, right? Is that? Yeah, or like maybe Dallas is one a half point or one point underdog. Yeah. And, I don't see that at all. I don't. I'm, I'm not. And it is well. a little surprising. It seems like San Francisco has played nearly flawless for the season, and and Dallas has been good, really good, and then also really bad in one game at least. Anyway, so yeah, when they went on the road, they didn't do so well uh, out west. So I maybe yeah. maybe it's this is this bet this line is the way it is because there are lots of Dallas Cowboy betters that just love betting on the Cowboys. And yeah. so maybe that's why, or maybe it's something Vegas knows that we, that I don't, uh, but I think that's a strange, strange number. So yeah. Yeah. especially if, like you said, Dallas is relying on defensive scores. San Francisco team seems to be awfully careful with the ball. Purdy doesn't throw a lot of dangerous passes, let alone even incomplete passes. Right? Yeah. So, uh, he has not have a game that good, but yeah, I, I think yeah. I don't see, I don't. I think Dallas does need a defensive touchdown to, to keep it close, and I don't think they'll get that with the. Well, it's not like McCaffrey has been reckless with the ball either. No, McCaffrey for any of his career. Kittle has had some good games. They have so many players on that offense that mm. are really good. So, and their defense, I think, is just as strong as as Dallas's defense. So, no. I'm. I like. Yeah, I like San Francisco there. Are there any any other games this week that you're you uh, you're excited about or or think is a interesting matchup? Well, I, maybe how much of a dud do you think the uh, the Monday night game is this week, Mike? That's my, that would be my question to you. Is this is it the worst matchup of the day of the of this weekend's games? Green Bay at Las Vegas. Ooh, that's bad. Um, well, I think. Cincinnati and Arizona could turn out to be really bad. Houston Atlanta is pretty bad to me too. 
the Thursday night game is a little weird too, actually. <laughs> Chicago Washington. Yeah, I there's a lot of game. I don't think there are a lot of marquee matchups this weekend. Week Dallas San Francisco is huge. Um, Jacksonville, but Jacksonville uh, Buffalo in London is an interesting game. Mm-hmm. I, I, think, I don't. Yeah, Carolina. Uh, you know, any game with Carolina, I think, is bad. But we yeah, right. The Jets Denver is probably the game that is was thought to be the most exciting. Like, there's the biggest swing between very exciting to very unexciting. Yeah, and so I think that's really dropped. But yeah, maybe Green, Green Bay Las Vegas is not. At least gonna be close, and maybe. Yeah, I, don't know. I, I like rooting against the Raiders sometimes. I don't, but I also don't want the Packers to do well either. So it's this is an interesting, yeah. interesting. This, this may be more telling for us for our. Uh more comprehensive betting competition uh, as how we pick out some of these games. Cause I don't, I'm not sure how I'm going to do some of these yet. So. I don't know either. Well, we have until Thursday to make those yeah. picks. So we'll, uh, and we'll, uh, we'll let our viewers know how we did uh, in next week's episode, both on our locks of the week, our shoe ins of the week, our power plays of the week, whatever you want to call them. Um, and then also our comprehensive betting uh, system, our thrice thrice betting per game, uh, yes. once on the over-under, once on the point spread, and once on the money line. Do you have anything else to add before we sign off tonight? Uh, maybe just that this week's um, competition is a little bit smaller then because there are uh, four teams of buying. Yeah. So there are only so- 14 games this week. That's all, so that's all I have left to add. So we can't lose as much money, but we also may perhaps maybe not be able to gain as much money as we would like. And there are probably I think there are going to be buys like this for the next eight weeks at least. Probably if there are four yeah. teams per week on a buy. Yeah, I think something like so, that. Yeah, Through, well, until like the Thanksgiving week, basically. I think that's what they have yeah. buys, and then that week I think doesn't, and then they may have another buy that week after that. Even I'm not sure. Anyway, that's so far away. We don't need to think about that. Yeah, Thanksgiving is still a ways away. Hall- we haven't even had Halloween yet. That's um, four weeks away. So, but we will have exciting. This would only be three weeks away by the time these games get played, um, or close a little over three weeks away. Uh, so we have those exciting events to look forward to this month, and we'll have another exciting, fantabulous episode of the One Track Power Hour next week, covering all these games, and we'll talk about the playoffs. Uh, thankfully, we probably won't have to talk about the Royals anymore because their season is was when when was the Royals season over? Was it was it by April, the end of April? Would you say before June for sure? Yeah, so yeah, they lost most. They were way under under at the beginning. Yeah, uh, they had such a promising spring training too, and then and then lost it all immediately. Uh, bad though, the opening day was awful. <laughs> unlike the warning tra- pack, tra- warning pack, uh, warning track power hour, we are. Uh, fulfilling our promise as the uh, greatest podcast uh, ever, uh, much like well, you can't say world's. We'll, we'll call we'll, uh, call ourselves the world's greatest podcast instead of the number one podcast because uh, we think that's a little bit more. I, I think that's a little bit uh, safer to say that uh, that's better than number one. Uh, and so I agree with Izzy Mandelbaum <laughs> on, on on that one. Anyway. Uh, so whether you're whether you're the world's greatest dad or the number one dad, 
I hope you or or mom or uncle or just person. I hope you enjoyed the uh, this week of the Warren Trek Power Hour. We enjoy having you as our esteemed listeners. We derive much pleasure from our ever expanding audience, and we will see you again, or or you will hear from us again next week. But until then, I am Dr. Michael Werman. He is Dr. Andrew Scaff. We are the Warning Track Power Hour. Please like and or subscribe to our uh, podcasts or our YouTube channel or any one of our delivery systems. We also have a new Twitter account. I don't want to call it X because X is stupid, uh, but uh, it's on Twitter.com, right? So what is it? What is, w, what, what is the Twitter handle? Uh, at Warning Track PH. At Warning Track PH. So if you're into acids and bases, um, Warning Track PH. Balanced for the warning track. It's a litmus test to see who's really a fan of the warning check power. If you're if you're if you're looking at our Twitter uh, feed, um, you are outstanding. A true fan. Yeah. A true fan. <laughs> yes. Um, I was thinking of. Do you do you know which which Hall of Fame um, uh, baseball player is? Uh, a synonym for whose name whose name is a synonym for basic. Hmm. Al Kaline. No, oh, basic. <laughs> that basic. Yeah. Because we're talking about pH. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'd already lost that and it was gone. Yes. <laughs> Al Kaline. Yes. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. He was Wow, that went. <laughs> already thinking of just like oh just average you mean like oh no basic as like yeah. yes I'm not, yeah, we're not even though we are in pumpkin spice latte season um we we we, we are not using that term as an insult here on the power hour but as we said until then next time we will bid you a good day <laughs>